Welcome to the Kupinger Call Analyst Chat. I'm your host. My name is Matthias Reinwart. I'm Lead Advisor and Senior Analyst with Kupinger Call Analysts. My guest today is Alexey Balagansky. He is Lead Analyst with Kupinger Call Analysts, and he is working in all areas, cybersecurity and beyond. Hi, Alexey. Good to see you. Hello, Matthias. Great to see you again. Great to have you. And we have a topic for today, which starts with the a bit provocative statement, why securing microservices isn't as straightforward as you might think. But to start with that and to think about how to secure microservices, first start, what are microservices and what do they change? Well, I guess uh, we should probably start with an explanation like why are we talking about this today at all? Because, I mean, microservices aren't definitely new. They exist for a good part of a decade already. Their overall approach towards designing software in a way that it's easier for large development groups. Basically, the idea was that your earlier piece of software was a monolith, a a black box, which had to be developed like uh, at once uh, as a single uh, unit. With microservices, you can do it uh, in small bytes. Basically, you could say, okay, one functionality will be developed by, like, if you're talking about like an online store, for example, we could say, okay, the shopping cart will be designed by a specialized group, while the payment management will be handled by a totally different unit, while whatever the UI and the recommendation engine comes from a third place. So those groups can be working together, developing the uh, parts completely independently, maybe even using different technology stacks. One prefers Java, the other wants Python, the third is uh, like a huge uh, fan of whatever modern technology comes uh, these days. Uh, And in the end, you have uh, multiple loosely coupled blocks which run independently. More often than not, they run in the cloud and they communicate to each other through some standard uh, interfaces like RESTful APIs, for example. And it has become very popular to run those uh, independent blocks uh, in containers, for example. But of course, it's not a must. You can run half of your microservices as containers, while the other half would be just uh, native services offered by your cloud provider. It could be those uh, serverless Lambda functions or third-party uh, services, you name it. The idea here is that kind of you split your log- logic into tiny bits and they are developed independently. And of course, this idea has been hailed as a huge uh, paradigm shift in software development because it really uh, helps you to reduce your time to market because you can parallelize things which you were simply unable to parallelize before. And at a large scale, you may end up with a fairly straightforward uh, cloud-native application, which comprises hundreds, if not thousands, of individual microservices. So in a sense, uh, you used to have one huge black box. Now you have hundreds of tiny black boxes, not just communicating to the world, but also communicating between each other using APIs and network traffic. Right, as you've mentioned, so we have a concept which is like client-server concept on steroids because all these components communicate with each other. They they need to make sure that, I th- just as a, as a layman, I would say, um, yeah, they, they need to make sure that traffic is encrypted and at least that these systems are properly authenticated against each other. But that was a question that was raised to me before. Uh, is it really necessary to secure microservices when they are purely internal? 
Is there such a thing like purely internal? Oh, this is actually a really interesting, or uh, if not unexpected, if not an unexpected question, because well, uh, we have talked about zero trust lots of times in different uh, episodes of our podcast or at our events, whatever. Like zero trust is now the trend to follow. What many people seems to fail to understand, or that kind of zero trust applies here as well, because uh, as soon as you split your application into independent blocks. Uh, you no longer have your safe perimeter because all those individual blocks they are maintained and operated by different teams. They are run on different platforms. They have their own vulnerabilities, uh, many of those which are probably not yet even uh, discovered. And they have basically in the end, uh, if you have a hundred microservices, you have a hundred times more attack surface than before. So yes, of course, you have to secure uh, every bit of internal communication between your microservices. That's absolutely out of question. The only question is how do you do that at scale? Right, and I've mentioned two aspects. The first was was encryption in transit, so that, that every traffic is encrypted no matter from where to where it goes to, and that each component can properly authenticate by a, via a token or whatever. Um, and I can imagine that if a not securely, properly secured microservice is scaled up, you end up with scaled up security issues. So where should we else look at? What are the aspects that we currently have to, to make sure that microservices are properly um, um, yeah, protected, that the correct measures are in place? Give a few examples, please. Well, first of all, again, kind of, we have to consider that uh, your uh, microservice-powered uh, application running in the public cloud is, in a sense, uh, you know, it represents a perfect analogy for your uh, company uh, at the height of the COVID pandemic, with uh, individual people and teams working from different places, connected uh, to each other only through some very wonky uh, means of communication. And or, I mean, we have all ag uh, agreed that like VPNs do not work in those scenarios for people. And of course, I mean, if your communications are completely unprotected, like if you only do all your business over email, I mean, basically you will end up hacked 100 times over within a week, right? The same approach uh, in a way applies to microservices uh, as well, because each microservice has to uh, represent an, a unique identity. And uh, each other microservice has to be able to verify that identity and make sure that it's communicating with uh, the endpoint it's supposed to communicate with. Because uh, more often than not, we are dealing with sensitive data here, with personal customer information, with financial records, uh, and so on. Uh, and again, it has to scale. Uh, it has to be secure. And there has to be as little implicit trust as possible. Again, we are talking about zero trust. The same principle applies everywhere. So uh, you mentioned, for example, traffic encryption. Yeah, that's, of course, like one of the foundational basics, but that's not enough. Uh, each communication between two microservices has to go through some kind of a mediation process. Basically, you have to ask a trusted third party, some kind of a orchestrator, identity server, service mesh, whatever you call it, to uh, make sure that those two parties can actually be trusted, that they actually represent the legitimate bits of your application, and they are 
the, uh, secure enough to handle the sensitive data they're supposed to handle. And again, we uh, kind of go back to our the very simple and kind of uh, obvious idea. There are no specific security tools for microservices because there is nothing specifically there is nothing unique about microservices uh, on the technology level. Microservices are still applications which communicate over standard-based APIs. So obviously you need some kind of an API security tool. But not just the, the, your old school API gateway, which would only secure your uh, ingress and egress traffic to the world. No, this uh, API security solution has to be able to scale down to, to secure every bit of communication between every of your hundreds of thousands of uh, microservices. Looking from a totally different angle, uh, your microservices probably run as containers on some kind of or an orchestration platform like Kubernetes, for example. So you need your whole tool set of Kubernetes security tools. And again, kind of... Uh, those are complicated enough uh, when you run like dozens of containers. But what if you have hundreds and thousands? They have to be able to scale seamlessly to handle that complexity. Or uh, the third uh, and like a much bigger area in this whole idea of uh, access management. Like how do you actually ensure uh, zero trust on the microservice level? You you not only should be able to. Uh, define some kind of security policies so that, yeah, it, it has to be uh, a legitimate piece of your software, but it has, it has to be able to uh, support fine-grained uh, access rights. So a, a certain part of your application should only be allowed to do a specific bit of functionality, but not some other bits, which will be handled by a totally different microservice. And again, this has to be able to scale to the cloud level at least, or ideally to a multi-cloud level, because normally you can absolutely run your microservice application with uh, external third-party services involved. And of course, as you just mentioned, uh, encryption uh, and uh, other uh, kind of privacy and data uh, security enhancing technologies are a must here. The question is, uh, can your VPN do it? Probably not. Can your standard low-level TLS protocol do it? Again, probably not. So there has to be some kind of a, uh, an additional layer of network-based security involved. Are we talking about zero-trust network access? Perhaps. Are we talking about some kind of a, a service, mesh? service mesh? Absolutely. But again, there is more than one building block here. And the, the idea that uh, somehow microservices need less security than legacy applications is absolutely crazy. As we can easily have established, it's absolutely the other way around. Microservice security is much more complicated simply because it has to scale. Right, and we're talking about the concept that has been mentioned again and again a few years ago. It's, it's security by design, it's privacy by design. So really to achieve end-to-end -end security needs to en encrypt the complete chain from the end user towards all you, um, um, instances of, of functionality um, and, and back again. And I think that, that security by design demands for what you just described. 
you've mentioned container security, but and, but containers in the end also rely on on sources. Sometimes they are just fetched from uh, Docker Hub or whatever where they come from. Um, security needs to be applied there as well. Otherwise, you will maybe end up with um, compromised images being the the core of your microservices. Is that something that is covered in these tools as, as well? Well, uh, surely you remember that uh, quite recently we have discussed uh, that leadership compass and container security I have published a few months ago, where we went into considerably more detail uh, about the complexity of container security alone. And yes, mm -hmm. it is complicated because containers are not just uh, images which run on a, on a platform. They have this whole life cycle when they are developed by one team, then kind of managed uh, and uh, built, if you will, compiled whatever into a, uh, the final image by probably a different team or through some kind of uh, automation and DevOps platform, the pipeline. And then it would go uh, for a period of storage in a container registry and then it will be pulled uh, and instantiated in a Kubernetes cluster or probably uh, in a totally different third-party public cloud environment. And through this whole life cycle, they have to be monitored, they have to be secured, they have to be hardened. And of course, they have to be constantly kind of, uh, you have to be constantly aware of what's going on at each state, uh, step of that uh, life cycle. So monitoring, observability, uh, proactive and reactive uh, security, threat detection, threat mitigation, kind of all those topics they apply here just for container platforms alone. But the same level of complexity, of course, applies to, let's say, API security as a specialized technology stack. And again, we also have a leadership compass published on that topic, which can be found on our website as well. API security alone is a pretty complicated topic to discuss. It probably deserves like a full hour of uh, a standalone discussion. And then we have, of course, uh, there is this much larger and broader topic of uh, access management authorization. Well, that's what we do. That's our uh, bread and butter at Copenhagen Coast. We have lots of publications available on, on those topics. And we probably need like uh, a multi-day conference to discuss just all those aspects in detail. But I think uh, uh, today we should probably focus more on the processes and not on technologies. Because uh, as always, we can hear, yeah, DevOps is the solution, that DevSecOps is the way to go. This is how you actually combine all those technologies together and then somehow it just magically works. And I really have mixed feelings about those statements. On the one hand, they are absolutely true. To be able to kind of scale up your security to the multi-cloud level, the multi uh, microservice level, of modern applications, you have to apply a different methodology to your whole development process. And DevOps and DevSecOps are exactly the steps in the right direction. What I cannot absolutely agree with is a statement that there is like one right way to do DevOps or to do DevSecOps. Or that like it's kind of a dogma, like uh, a specific methodology described or even patented by some company or individual, and you have to do it this way and not any other way. This I absolutely cannot agree with. DevOps and DevSecOps are just kind of uh, sets of uh, general guidelines, just like Zero Trust is just a, a set of general guidelines. 
And there are so many different implementations of that. And I'm pretty sure that any sensible development team, uh, any sensible company already does DevOps to a large extent and even does DevSecOps to a certain extent. And it has to be made clear that the way they do it is better by definition because they know how to do it. They have hopefully uh, at least partially assessed their own specific risks and integrated those assessments and models into their processes. The only thing they have to uh, realize is that this cannot be done just once. Uh, DevOps and DevSecOps evolve daily. There are always new threats, new uh, risks, and again, new risk uh, models, which has to be studied, and new processes have to be updated and tuned and optimized daily. If you stick to that process, if you make this uh, evolution and kind of constant uh, optimization, the part of your daily routine, well, and you are doing DevSecOps the way it's supposed to be done. Good job. Yeah, that sums it up perfectly. It's really about this monitoring, improving, constantly improving, applying all the technologies that you've mentioned, but embedding them in a process from where, framework that makes sure that all things play together well and that you get to solutions that are secure as of today and will be secure tomorrow as well because they have been adapted to newly and detected threats. You've mentioned the leadership compasses, and I think there's lots of material around around this these topics um, at our website, as these are combinations of existing technologies. Nothing new, as you've mentioned, around microservices. It's just another deployment model. It's another way of packaging services. Um, I, I think it's really important to start with the, the documents that you've mentioned. So really about um, um, the, the security uh, with, when it comes to, to APIs, when it comes to um, the, the container security um, and, and access management, which is, of course, a, a topic that I'm highly interested in, but also secure, efficient, fast authentication for all these services so that this is not the bottleneck and that this is not the reason for going unauthorized or unauthenticated um, in these areas. Any final words before we close down? Alexei, what do you recommend where to start looking at when it comes to improving your microservices security? So, Matthias, I would say you are absolutely right saying that, yes, well, those technologies, they're already over there, uh, they already exist. Uh, you just have to know how to combine them, how to apply them properly. I would say you really have to have a step back and kind of try to think a little bit uh, on a higher level, uh, strategic uh, level, if you will. And kind of, again, zero trust, just those two words are extremely important here because if you understand that zero trust and a really a short set of basic guiding principles applies to microservices and application development, exactly the same it applies elsewhere in cybersecurity. You would immediately see or uh, how you can combine your existing tools and technologies in a slightly different way to make your overall security much better. Again, as I mentioned earlier in a different presentation, zero trust is punch way of cybersecurity. You just have to stick to very uh, few simple principles. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. You just kind of rearrange your furniture in your house and let the energy flow freely. And the earlier you start doing that, the more secure you will be in the end. 
But on the other hand, there is no end. This process just kind of repeats itself uh, at infinitum. There is no end to securing anything, especially securing microservices. As soon as you understand it, as soon as you make it your part of your daily routine, you are okay, I guess. Great. Thank you very much, Alexei, for these thoughts and for, for giving that insight, because this is really an, an evolving area and we are, we are working with microservices as of now. So um, again, head over to our website, pick out the right documents where you are interested interested in and where you think you could improve your, your security posture when it comes to regarding your microservices. Um, thank you very much, Alexei, and looking forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks and goodbye. Thank you. Bye-bye.